technical difficulties. My home internet went down, and then my uh, my mobile hotspot wasn't working either. So it took a little bit longer to get on, but I'm excited to be here. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. Sounds good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the speed, hopefully the speed will work together. Because typically, I use both of them. Just to make sure we don't drop or anything like that. So, what did you say? You uh, taking you taking speed? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe, maybe I might run a little faster. I don't know. <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you listen to this podcast. Coach Dre Blast coming with the recipe menu Monday with the ever so lovely Colette Kenny on the ones and twos in the background. We appreciate. Everybody that's tuning in and listening, shout out to all my friends that uh, listened last week, learned a little bit more about the MEC Trust and how that works and how it can be very profitable for you and your businesses and all the uh, wonderful feedback I got via text. You know, uh, I never realized that I, that I had a radio voice, but I had quite a few people that actually said I had a radio voice. And I told him, I said, well, it's, it's, it's because of Colette, you know, you, you, you've got to adjust your voice when you have greatness in the room, right? It's like, you know, you, oh you my gotta, God. You are sometimes kind. you gotta, you are sometimes kind. you gotta, sometimes you gotta have <laughs> your inside voice, right? And sometimes You're you gotta, you know, to adjust the voice. So, but uh, uh, thank you guys so much uh, for being here, tuning in to Menu Mondays again. Uh, it is the last day of Black History Month. And um, I, I want to say, I, I haven't got a chance to really talk about the feedback I got in my Discord and my WhatsApp about the question I posed at the beginning of the month about Black History Month being a, uh, is it a pacifier for us or is it progression? And I got some very interesting responses, you know, from my friends because I asked my white friends too, my counterpart friends too. You know, I put it out there to everybody. And um, for many of you that, that have heard or don't necessarily know, you know, Black History Month started off as Black Negro Week up until 75 um, during uh, um, Forge Rain. So he turned it into from Black Negro Week to Black History Month. And of course, their reasoning for giving us the shortest month was because it was the month of the great emancipator, Abraham Lincoln's birthday. And what other fitting month would it be, as you hear the sarcasm in my voice, would it be for Black people to celebrate during the birth month of Abraham Lincoln and also, you know, the president's birthdays that are celebrated, right? And I was like, well, why don't you give us MLK Day since you made MLK Day? Why, why don't we move from February to January and give us 31 days, right? But no, you know, that's not going to happen. That's something that is, is unnecessary. But many of you know Black history is um, very rooted in American history here, right? I mean, we, we are some of the very grassroots. We may not have been the first people to land here in America. Uh, we give that respect to the Native Americans. Their land was just as stolen as our freedom was. But we were the building blocks for this nation. We are the building blocks for this nation. And even though our numbers are only 13% of this entire population, that's probably because they kill most of us. I'm just going to be real. You know, we probably would be, you know, somewhere in the 30, 40, 50 percent at the rate they were having children back then. If it wasn't for the lynching, if it wasn't for the, the bloodshed, if it wasn't for 
the people that didn't want to go with the status quo and were murdered, the kids that were murdered and sold off. And then America continued to thrive. And we're a country that has been built on war and taking things. And you have to really understand in the pure fiber of the United States, it was built with hostility. That's why we have so many holidays that we celebrate here that were based on things that happened negatively, you know, like the massacre of St. Valentine, right? And we said we celebrate that as a Valentine's Day and call it by Cupid and things of that nature. We celebrate Thanksgiving, even though they paint us the picture, even as kids, that it was a harmonious gathering of the Native Americans and the uh, um, the white guys. They sat down and, and talked and had a treaty. And we all know, true historical fact, it was more, more like a war. There wasn't like a giving. It wasn't a place to break bread. It was more like a place to break heads so they could take the land from people that were already here. So Black history is not a month. It's a year, right? And you have to understand that it's constant and continuous and our reach is global. And I, I, I bring all that up and there's some historical things that are happening in our world now, which hadn't happened significantly like this uh, for quite some time. Everybody understands that when you go back to hear this, you'll know what we're talking about for February, the Ukraine and Russia, right? And Russia, in, in, in my personal opinion, from what I've seen going on, and I'm not going to stay on this topic too much. Russia is taking over the Ukraine because Ukraine separated themselves. And I tell people, I said, uh, I, I said, Russia is that uh, is that stalking, obsessed ex that wants a woman back, right? Because their woman is becoming profitable. It's becoming, you know, very independent. And then it's surrounded by four very profitable countries um, that are also a part of NATO, uh, even though they aren't that uh, are giving Russia the fits. Russia pretty much just wants their woman back. We all know when it comes down to it, it's about the dollar signs. It's about the natural resources. The, the United States, I think we import like $148 million worth of, um, of goods from the Ukraine, from fruits and vegetables to essential oils. So it's, it's not a huge loss if we didn't have Ukraine on our side, but of course, our government wants to protect as many assets as possible because our government owes so many, so much money to so many countries. We don't want to uh, lose any kind of cash flow that's needed to balance out this deficit um, that we have, right? And so, I bring up the Ukraine because I am, I'm, 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 I'm it, when, when I first saw President. V, that's what I call him because I can't pronounce his Vladislavsky uh, um, Zelensky, right? Zelensky. Zelensky. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Zelensky, yep. So when he came on after Putin said that he was in hiding and he went to all the social media sites and said, I'm right here, buddy. I thought that was the most, as, uh, as many of you know, I grew up in the hood. I grew up in the inner city. You know, that uh, was very gangster. It was very hood in, 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 in respect to standing your ground. 
He told Putin, I have not went. No, I'm right here. Matter of fact, I'm taking a picture, you know, with my, my, my chief of staff, my prime minister, my minister of defense, you know, come get me. I'm right here. Now, my family's off site because I want to keep them protected, but I'm here. And then he backdoored it with, of course, you know, good old, good old Joe, Mr. Biden. Um, sends him a message that says, hey, you know what? We will provide you um, a way out. We will give you transport so you can flee the country. And <laughs> President V told him, he said, and this was savage to me, right? President V told him, he said, man, I don't need an exit route. I need ammunition. Yeah, that was pretty good. I like that. You know, and, and as much as I don't necessarily get involved in the political side of things, because I, I really, really do believe when it comes down to politics, it's always about the amount of money that you have to swing the vote the way that you need it to go. I've always felt that even before I knew how to vote, that it was the people that had the dollar signs that really get get things done for the people that they want in the positions that they want them to be in, right? But when he said that, I was like, Wow. I can't remember the last time we had uh, uh, any kind of world leader that was that vocal, that wasn't trying to take over the country. We've had plenty of Putins when you think about, you know, Hitler and Gaddafi and, you know, um, um, I can't think of that king's name that was in, 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 in Africa or when they were taking over South America, stuff like that. They're very vocal about what they will do with their arms and with their, their people and their military force. But this is the first time that somebody that has been invaded, you know, was like, you know, send me ammunition. I'm right here. I'm not running. I'm not hiding in a bunker. We're all here, ready to fight, right? Asking his people to take up arms and those people are taking up arms. And as I watch and listen more to him, I was like, you know, with Savage, you know, I respect you and your leadership. And I know this probably isn't something that he's thinking about, but some of his soldiers, some of the people that work for his government are still giving a form of racism to the black Ukrainians. Now I'll be honest, I didn't realize that there were that many Ukrainians that were black, that were native Ukrainians, right? Because they had parents that lived there, they were born there, not people that migrated in, you know, how like some of us are from California, from Kentucky, we live in Texas now, not that kind of migration. We're talking about people that were born there. They were black and they were African. And I don't know if anybody's seen the clip, but in the video, they were denied access to the same train to uh, evacuate the Ukraine over their white counterparts. Now, I do my best not to pull the race card because there's only one race and it's human. And everybody knows how I feel about when we talk about race, because race implies that it's a competition to an end. And unfortunately, we're all going to end at some time. We got a starting point and an ending point, right? So it's not there, it, it, it's not a race. We're not in competition. We need to complete each other. But it was very disparaging after you know, the United States have very openly said, hey, we support the Ukraine. Um, there's some people that don't, but for the most part, you see the ads on television, radio ads. Um, I've seen them all through Facebook and Instagram. We support the Ukraine, things of that nature. But then we see this one particular part where you see the white soldiers stopping the African-American, I'm sorry, they're not American, the African-Ukrainians 
from getting on this train to leave this war zone. And it's like, all right, President D, you're staying here to fight for your people. Aren't those your people? Why can they get on the train too? Why weren't they allowed to get on the train? And it always brings up my point is we never know how racism is overseas. We know in pockets. We know what racism was like in South America for a long time, especially dealing with apartheid. I don't know how racism is in Canada. No, I don't I, know how racism is in in in, in Mexico. Now I go I, ahead, uh, Kenny. What yeah, I, I I read something that about that. Now, I haven't had a chance to really look into it deeply, but there was something that came back that said basically what they were saying was that men, I mean, not men, but women and children first. So the people trying to leave were some African men and they said women and children have to go first, you know? So, okay. so I'm, I'm going to do some more checking on that to see if that's true or not. I'm looking at some pictures right now. Uh, and you should be able to find that video of the black girl that does not get on the plane, the black I mean, girl get on the train. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll try yes. to find that. Yeah, was one I, of the I, reasons okay. that really made me really want to dive deep. Cause at first I was like, I'm not going to dive deep into it. I'm not going to look into race, you know, into it because most of the time in war times, it's women and children. First, the men typically stay and fight. Most men do, unless you're, unless you're too old or unless you're crippled. And that's, you know, that's war one-on-one, you know, you can read that in, in Shan Sun's, you know, uh, uh, Art of War, you know, he talks about that, you know, your older people and your, your feeble, you don't send them to war, they stay back and kind of be the, uh, you know, protectors, if you will, of the, you know, the women and children, but, you, you know, typically in war, Did you, you know, women and you... children get, a, get an opportunity to, to, to move around. But when I saw the story about them denying the black girl, and you can hear, if I remember correctly, hearing the, 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 the gentleman say in the background, why won't you let this girl on the train? Why won't you let this girl on the train? And it was just like, really? I, you know, I, I don't it really accept the fact that it's the men because it's the men that didn't want to fight. But if women and children are first, I don't mind taking the back seat because if I was in the Ukraine, 100%, just like if it happened here in the United States, I'm taking up arms. You know, as much as this country is messed up, as much as this country doesn't uh, uh, fight for me, as much as this country will send me off to wars uh, uh, to be killed, but then won't give me voting rights, they're allowed to do it. I'm going to fight this. You know, I'm going to fight to stay here. I'm not going to flee because I don't know what I'm fleeing to. Right. And it's disheartening that he would be so animate and vocal, even with his nine minute speech that he gave to the people of the world about, you know, we're, we're, we're the human race. And, you know, I, I don't know if many of you know that, you know, he grew up speaking Russian. I believe his father was part Russian and he's Jewish on top of that. Yeah, so it Jewish, makes Russia yeah. look even, yeah, it makes Russia look even bad because it's almost in, in, in my opinion, almost like a resurgence of Hitler, you know, um, not to put Putin in that light, but you know, You've got, you've got, you know, somebody, you got somebody white that's going to attack another white country and the president happens to be Jew. I don't know if we've seen this story before. I don't know if we've been down this road before, you know, but it looks a lot like that same route. Want to take over. And only thing Putin didn't say is, you know, white supremacy, I'm the best, you know, things of that nature. But it's disheartening that 
that hasn't been addressed. And the media kind of swept it under the rug because I haven't really seen the videos in the media circuit for it. I've seen it on social media, but not CNN, not uh, 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 CBS, NBC, you know? I haven't even seen it on uh, a BBC. That's one of my favorite ones to uh, to watch, by the way, because, you know, it tells you everything about the world. So it, it, it leads me back to this same regression that we've had as Black people in this country, and it seems to be worldwide. They don't want to recognize that, you know, we, we're probably one of the oldest people on this planet historically and scientifically. You know, people of color have been here and had dynasties like the Kemet dynasty was here way before even Japan and their 2,500 year reign as a, as a, you know, as a hierarchy and, and, and is currently the longest still active, um, you know, hierarchy that is out there. But it's disheartening to see this in the middle of wartime, you know, that the people that are in that very country are not allowed to flee with other people because of the color of their skin. And I made a post today, I said, I really hope that that's not what, you know, V is, you know, President V is, is, is putting out there because us as, you know, Americans, we are supporting the Ukraine. We're also su supporting the Ukraine because of the four NATO states that are around it and the United States is part of NATO, right? And if we're, we're, we're supporting Ukraine, right? And, 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 and they're doing these kind of things, what does that say about us in our country, in our own land? It's like, it, it spans out. We don't care about black people here. You know, Ukraine don't care about black people there. We're not gonna care about black people, right? And it's disappointing. And again, as I do more research, I'm hoping, hoping that Kenny, what you said, because I'm an optimist always. I'm hoping, Kenny, what you said about the fact that women and children are going first, because it doesn't look like in the video that they're being hostile towards them, like they got guns pointed at them or mm -hmm. that they're beating on them, right? Or, or, or hosing them down. They do have their guns drawn, which makes most people step back. But I'm, I'm truly hoping because most of the people, and thank you for pulling this video up, most of the people in this video that I see that are being denied are men. But there's a small kid back there. Is that a boy or a girl, right? Why they couldn't get on the train with their parents? Yeah, and we right? don't we don't know the backstory. I mean, and and I I, I try not to jump to conclusions uh, on on these situations because you know a lot of times we overreact to these situations. That mm -hmm. okay, you see, you know, one guy was denied for whatever. Okay, you're not letting black people on, and it turns out it could be something very valid. And I've seen that exactly. happen. And I, I, I just don't want to. You know, overreact, overreact, yeah, and and jump down that rabbit hole immediately, partially because you know, pragmatically, I don't want to do that. But the other thing is that I'm kind of like you, Andre, is that this it's very disappointing, very depressing to know these things happen. And every time I see these things happen, it 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 gives me a little bit more despair because I know that racism is everywhere; it is universal. Yeah. You know, look at the difference between the way lighter skin Brazilians are treated and the way darker Dark skin, skin Brazilians yeah. are treated. It happens mm -hmm. all over the world. And I'm an optimist. I'm a skeptical optimist. OK, I, I try to find the best. And so until I see some I don't discount it, 
but I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon until I see something a little bit more solid on it. Because again, there might be some valid reasons. And at some level, you know, one could argue, you know, those men we saw in that video right there appear to be in their maybe 30s or something like that. You know, one could argue that, yeah, you may you may not be a citizen, but you're in this country, you're living in this country, so you should fight as well. You know, I haven't given a lot of thought to that, but one could argue that point. Why are you leaving? This is your home. Stay and fight for your home, even though you're not a citizen. You still live here. This is your home. You need to be fighting. So, you know, there, there there's a lot to unpack there without necessarily saying that it is cold, hard racism. Well, it, it, the, the, there, there was a uh, article that I read, a gentleman by the name of Mustafa Bargul Sali, and um, he is an African that, that is living there, and they're trying to cross over into Poland. And he, he quoted, he said, they stopped us at the border and told us that Blacks were not allowed, but we could see white people going through. And he is a, a, a student from Geneva. Uh, he said he fled his university residence in Kharkiv, Ukraine, second largest city, as soon as the bombing began. But he was denied to be put on the train, and they said because he was black. Now, I don't know how true that is, but I don't think, I know I wouldn't go on record by anybody interviewing me, telling me something that's not just to get a political rise or to get, you know, uh, um, um, to get access to something. He said he walked for hours in the freezing temperature in the village of Medvica, and um, they were ordered to turn back. They were denied by the border patrol. He said they won't let Africans in. Blacks without European passports cannot cross the border. They're pushing us back just because we're black, said another Nigerian student. He said, we're all human. They should not dis discriminate us because of the color of our skin, right? And even though it, it, it could be some more layers that's into it, I wonder, would America have the same sentiment for us Black citizens if we were in the same situation? And unfortunately, hmm. I have to admit, I think they would deny us. I, I, I would I agree with that. I want a public member to say that. I, I honestly believe that if we were trying to go from here to Canada, right, the Border Patrol of the United States will allow the women and children to go first that were of that were not of color and would figure out a way to deny us, minimalize us, and still keep us from it. And it's sad for me to say because we've made a lot of strides and a lot of growth in some areas. And I don't want to say that Joe Biden and the, and the House and the Senate are that way. You know, but I have a strong feeling that's what would happen. We wouldn't but be able to get into Mexico. It, it's the Canada. people on the ground that would make uh -huh. it happen. It's the people on the ground, the mm -hmm. racists who have infiltrated, whether it's border patrol, local police departments, military, etc. Those are the guys that would make it happen. I don't think the government would put down a mandate like that. I just think even if they wanted to, it would be too caustic and too politically uh, damaging for somebody, for a politician to to say that. But I think the people on the ground, you know, like Marjorie Taylor Green just went and spoke at a uh, white supremacist rally where the main speaker said, you know, our secret weapon is 
these, basically he said our secret sauce is all you young white men. You know, so, so yeah, it, it, it's definitely happening on the ground. But again, I don't, again, I don't think the government would do that uh, uh, implicitly, explicitly, you know, but uh, it, again, it could happen on the ground. So, you know, I, I have to, <laughs> I have to say this, um, Kenny, you and I typically agree. I, you know what I have to say, I think they would. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to say it. That's fair. That's because, fair. Because yeah. you know, because of where we are in these current times, and, and this is gonna shift just a little bit from the Ukraine, but it's still a different kind of war that we're dealing with here. We have officers that accidentally shoot black men thinking they had a taser and a gun that get less than two years. But then we have black men with ounces of marijuana from the 80s and 90s that do 25-year sentences. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, it may not be our government. And you're right. Actually, I agree with you. It is the ground truth, but somebody told them. They were instructed. Most of the time, the Border Patrol, especially here, you know, is mandated by the government. And they do what they're told for the most part. And they would be told in code of some sort, you know, people with pigmentation or people who look like this don't allow them to cross in this time of war. And it's still, you know, it's very disappointing that this should be a problem or an issue in the days and times that we live in, especially with as many people that want to jack our culture, as many people, especially the culture here in the United States. Oh my God. You know, I I tell people, you know, hip hop to me has become the worldwide language over English. You know, because we all know that the rappers really got rich from the from the uh, um, the white suburban kids that were buying the stuff. You know, not our thirteen percent, because if all thirteen percent of us bought one CD, one album, one tape, one download at the you know fair market value of say twenty dollars a CD, it still wouldn't put you know a Jay Z, a Beyonce, a um, you know, uh, an Ice Cube, a Dr. Dre, it still wouldn't put them in that billion dollar range unless we keep buying it over and over again. We know white Americans have been supporting hip hop for a long time and it's spread like wildfire to the entire world because you see it from K-pop to, you know, to, um, I mean, I was saw some, because of the Ukraine, we're seeing Ukrainian rappers that pop up and it's just like, wow, we've had such a big influence, but we can't even get rights in different countries. We can't even get the, the 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 constitutional right to get on a train. As long as we, we have stay, to keep, as long as we stay in our place, being entertainers, right? Exactly. Some, some that's right. Way, some that's way, right. Shape they love the dog and pony right. show from us. Mm-hmm. That's right, and that's exactly why I was responding to these guys, quite a few of them on LinkedIn, because they. I just counted these guys on LinkedIn. There are twenty of them holding up brown liquor, crystal champagne, and Hennessy, and all of these other things. And what they don't understand and what I said in the response is folks can drink anytime they want. You can always go to the liquor store, which you guys do, and you drink. You're not taking care of business. So don't tell me that we don't know what rappers do. No, we don't know what rappers do, but we know what they don't do. We know that. And if they don't understand what's going on in Ukraine and how it impacts us, they're, they're never going to get it. They're never going to get it. And it does impact us. And the very 
idea that the girl couldn't get on the train, uh, there's a guy by the name of Terrell Germain Starr, who is a journalist. And I don't know if he's a Harvard fellow, but he's a fellow there on scholarship and, and several other things. But he's putting himself in harm's way to get this story, to talk about what is going on in that country. And I saw him on the news very early this morning, a black man, Terrell Germain Starr. And to, and to hear the things that are going on there and what's happening to people. And, and there are black people there. And I'm sure there are tons of people here that are looking at that going, that don't have nothing to do with me. Black folks ain't over there. Yeah, it does. And it does. Oh, yeah. You know, that's always a go to in, 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 in the black community. Well, they ain't got nothing to do with me. Right. <laughs> that's not going to affect me. I mean, the Ukraine. I'm going to just put this in, the, in, a, in a money perspective for my people that are listening. From 2014 to about 2019. It's, it's noted that the United States has provided over $1.5 billion worth of military aid in a five-year span, 2014 to 2019. And people wonder why the United States want to protect that, because they want to get their money back. I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's the dollar that is driven. There's got to be some kind of recourse or reverb you know or, or or repayment that happens just like how we owe other countries reason most of these countries haven't went to war with each other they keep borrowing from each other like revolving credit they can't pay each other back so we exchange in goods and services and and give people numbers so you can put a value on the on the country right you know we have social security numbers i think they're called um I, I can't remember what they're called over in china but they're they're assigned numbers as well too and it's all for governmental tracking to see how much money we are worth in our lifetime which puts it up against america's net worth so i myself say you know i'm i'm, I'm worth six figures right well according to the united states you know my my net worth you know could be a quarter million based on potential, what I've done in the past, what I've done now, what I've paid in taxes, et cetera, et cetera, right? You put that dollar amount on all the people that are working and worthy to do that, you know, you've got a $24 trillion country to compete with and people to give you credit on that. And Russia attacking the Ukraine, yeah, we think we heard in Russia by, by dropping their ruble down. Their ruble is worth like 11 cent to the American dollar at this current time. I think it went down like 4% overnight. <coughs> we got, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, the world is kicking Russia out of FIFA and the World Cup and, and out of the, you know, the Olympics and uh, not the Olympics, out of um, some other things, you know, that Russia is involved in. The United States is cutting off all, you know, communication with yeah, Russia. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah liquor, you know, taking, liquor, everything is, they're cutting it. The liquor. Yeah, taking everything Olympics, down, taking it off the shelves. Yes. All of that, right? And, you know, Putin is probably sitting over there laughing. He doesn't care. <laughs> Putin is like, we're, we're, we're relatively self-contained because, you know, yes. Russia had to come up with the Republic just to be in the Olympics. You know, a lot of people overlook the fact that, you know, Russia wasn't even unified enough to be able to put in the team because the Olympics barred them. 
So they, they they got smart and created. I think it's the the the, the, the it's some kind of coalition of yeah, athletes, so they could be. And they create uh, what, their called? own. They create their they create their own. They don't rely on anybody else. They don't rely on another country. They don't rely on another dollar. They don't rely on anyone else's policies. Putin, mm-hmm. they he makes his own. He makes his own. He's a short man with a short man complex, and he makes his own. And yeah. the U.S. the U.S. does not. And that's our problem. I mean, we're the number one we're the number one importer in the world. Nobody imports more stuff from other countries than the United States. And we have plenty of resources to tap in here. You know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's just indicative of what they've done over the years, right? When you think about slavery and what the forefathers, the white forefathers, the counterpart forefathers did, they went overseas, snatched people from their homes and brought them over here, right? They didn't. They enslaved some Native Americans, but for the most part, they didn't enslave them like they enslaved, you know, black people for that extended period of time. They didn't want to do the work themselves. They wanted to bring somebody else in. They didn't want to build up a land themselves. They wanted to take it from somebody else. And this is not bashing white people. This is speaking matter of fact and truthfully. This is what they did. They came from that side of the world. What Putin is doing is exactly what. They did when they came to this country. They took it away from the people that were not prepared for an invasion, for one thing, and tried to negotiate with them and brought people from another country to work the field to build this up into a great nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't understand how, and this goes all the way back to my Black History Month, so everybody understand. I don't understand how we're given just a month when we're the fabric of the what was built in this country by people who took it. Because Andre, go ahead, finish your statement and then I'll come in, go ahead. Yeah, the people that took it that aren't even natives to the land, they came over here and said they discovered it and, and they tried to say Christopher Columbus, you know, discovered it and it was named after Amerigo Vespucci and all these Italians and all these different names. And I'm just like, I'm not understanding because they made treaties with the Native Americans where they could keep some of their land and the kids get to go to school for free and things of that nature. But when we were emancipated, we couldn't even get land in a mule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I right. mean, I, I think I think a little bit of land in a mule would would it does not help erase what was done. It helps soften the blow for generational wealth. So we're not struggling as much as we are now with poor mindsets because of what was given to us as slaves, beaten out of our original language, taught a new language, given a new God that we had to serve, you know, and and and, and now we're just brainwashed to the foolery. Right. Go ahead, Colette. Right. What I wanted to say to that is part of the reason we still recognize and I will not use the word celebrate. Part of the reason that we still recognize Black History Month is because we're satisfied. We're satisfied. We take whatever we get. We're pacified, okay? And we rely on pacification. We rely on pacification. Look around, okay? So they gave it to us decades ago. 
And we haven't changed it. We haven't said anything about it. We say it amongst ourselves, but we don't say anything to anyone else. It's the same thing with Juneteenth. They gave us Juneteenth. So we're Which satisfied. Is dumb. With, right. I'm yes. going to say it for my Black people. It's, it's dumb. dumb. It's Juneteenth dumb. is yes. just a Texas holiday. Yes, Not a world. There was 49, well, what was it? 47 other states that were already free. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Colette. And, and I'm glad you said that. Because just, and I have to keep going back to this so-called argument or debate on LinkedIn, the very things that these guys are talking about and defending the rappers, they're defending the rappers. They're not defending or they're not complimenting George Frazier, but they are defending the rappers. They're defending the rappers. They are defending the rappers. Okay, you mean to tell me you're gonna defend the rappers against somebody like George Frazier? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? And somebody is gonna take you seriously because you think you can tell George Frazier to research the rappers? Hmm. Come on now, we must be on. All, maybe I'm on Uranus. But the, but the know. but the other thing is that. Uh, uh, Andre, about why, you know, you said, why would they only give us a month and all? You know, they don't even teach, and I told you this before, they don't even teach white history no, correctly. No. So, you know, I mean. And, again, and why are we pissed off? Why do we say they only gave us? Yeah, they gave why us. Are they, they gave giving us. you any, why are you concerned about what they're giving you anyway? But you see, when are you going to start making it for yourself? But see, again, and I think I told you before that I read an article on it college professor who was appalled at the lack of knowledge freshmen were coming into college with, you know, still thinking and, and George, Wa and still, still thinking Thank George you. Washington chopped down a cherry tree and cherry said, tree. I cannot tell a lie, you know? So what makes us think that they're going to tell black history, right? I'm not a proponent of black history month because again, they don't teach white history, right? So what makes us think they're going to teach black history, right? You're going to learn about Barack Obama. You're going to learn about, uh, George Washington Carver, Carver, Mary Harriet Tubman, and now you're going to learn about uh, Kamala Harris, and that is it. And it's going to gloss over everything. And yeah, I see it. You started the show saying, "Is it a pacifier?" I, I see it as a pacifier. It is a pacifier. E even though it I was when I was when we were in high school, I wanted to fight for it, but now I'm much older. I've been out of high school a couple of years, you know. So to me, it's just a pacifier. The, the MLK holidays are pacifier. pacifier. All these little it's things pacifier. are pacifiers because it doesn't, and it doesn't upset the, 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 the political structure. structure. That doesn't upset it, the power structure. Right. When we start that's upsetting right. the power structure is when they start having problems. Bill Cosby was trying to upset the power structure by buying NBC. They didn't like that. So they had to take him out. Okay. Oh yeah. They blocked him. Oh, they blocked Bill Cosby big. Yeah. That's a whole nother story. We can talk yep. about with that. What went on because uh, Bill Cosby also went into NASCAR uh, uh, during that same time and uh, was blocked as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, it came but, down but to finances. Exactly, but, and it, it's always down to finances, and it's always about power. So the power that would have been realized, actualized after Bill Cosby bought NBC, they can't do that because black folks don't know what to do with that kind of power. They can't even see that high up. So no, no, Bill Cosby cannot by NBC because that would really make things tough. 
that would give black folks too much power. And, and I'm gonna keep talking about it. The very idea that these folks would, would disagree and debate George Frazier says they don't understand power. They don't understand money. They don't even understand themselves. They don't understand that Juneteenth and Black History Month and all of these things that we have been given by the white power structure and we've lived with for decades, all except Juneteenth. And you know you, what I think you, is you, interesting? Oh, go ahead, Colette. It's once again, they're giving us something. It's a pacifier. Here, stick this in your grill. Go away. Stick this in your grill, okay? Stick it in your grill, suck on it, and that's it. And that's what you know. We what do. I, what I find interesting when you uh, you know you say they gave us Juneteenth and made it a national holiday, right? I've lived in Texas um, twenty five years now, twenty six years, and black people have been celebrating Juneteenth before it got recognized <clears throat> by anybody else here in Texas. I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. I came to Texas. I had no idea what Juneteenth was. And I, my college friends that are probably listening, you know, Marcus, Donovan, you know, some of the cast has lived here in Texas for some time. You know, I told them then, I said, why are we celebrating the fact that Texas was free two years after it was signed? Like, why, we could have picked any, we could pick any other reason but that. <laughs> you know, we we could just you know, black people, we could just party just because we don't have to have a you know particular holiday. But I mean, a lot of them here in Texas looked at Juneteenth like it was July Fourth, like it was an Independence Day, and it's like, but why? And then on top of that, to pacify us, they say we're going to make Juneteenth a national holiday. So now we've got forty nine other states recognized Juneteenth besides Texas as a national holiday in the celebration of our ignorance. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that again, a national holiday in celebration, celebration of, our, of ignorance. our ignorance. That's a very that's interesting way to put it. That you're yeah, right. And yeah. it, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And because we don't do anything without asking for permission first, you hit the nail on the head. We are still here in 22 asking for permission. But 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 we haven't learned yet. The, the we have not si- learned yet. The flip side of that is that we w- what do we have to celebrate in this country? Uh the 4th of July, Independence Day was not for us. You know. Nope. Uh I mean it used something to be my favorite holiday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, barbecue. And it, and it was definitely it was a great day to barbecue. That's what I thought about. Barbecue. Yeah, that's, that's, that was it. But what, we don't we don't we don't we don't have a flag that we celebrate. There is the red, black, black and green flag, but that's not universal in the black community. No, um, it's not. So we latch on to other uh, to 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 the power structures, what they've got in terms of celebrating. So it, it was something to say, OK, this was ours, you know, and so people latched on to it. Not not really getting into a deep dive of what it really meant. You know, it was just something, mm-hmm. something. Okay, this is ours. Yeah, we got, we, we were two years later, but let's celebrate it. So that's an interesting way to put it. But because because of our, the pathology of where we come from, it, it's a hard sort of thing, you know, and I know a lot of young people, and we get people on, on the program, several different programs here on their network that say, 
you know, you guys bash black people too much. But you, two, two things. First of all, you can't fix a problem if you don't understand you what don't, the problem yeah. is. The second right. thing is we don't have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time. You know, right. the Forbes magazine article and other uh, intellectuals have said we would be have a zero net worth by 2053 if we don't change things. If you're standing on the train track and the train is coming, if, if somebody walks up, do you, do you want that person to walk up and start a conversation with you and start being nice to you and ease into it? Or do you want them to tell you to get the hell off the train track? Right, right now, we need to get the hell off the train track because train track. we are headed in the wrong direction. Right. And it, it, we are at a time where we need tough love and we need people to say the right things. We've had an entire, entire generation of young men walking around with their pants hanging, and I'm going to say it, hanging off their ass. You know, with their underwear showing, you know, and and I see that's that's we don't see that as much anymore. But we've got a lot of catching up to do. And we've got a lot of correcting to do. And we just don't have the time to pussyfoot around and be nice about it. Somebody has to say these things. You know, we need we need a racial intervention. We need mm-hmm. intervention. To say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, like when your buddies say, hey, man, you're effing up. You know, right. when, you, when your buddies say, yeah. man, you, you're screwing up, man, you got you to correct this. I, I see that's where we are as a people in this country. We've got to have somebody sit us down and say, you're messing up here. Let's fix it. You know, and then we can start to fix it. But if we continue to make excuses for bad behavior, well, you know, he this and he that. And, and he we didn't have continue this, to do it's, that. It's going to remain the same and we're going to be extinct. We are going to be we, extinct. We are continuing to make excuses for bad behavior. We do it daily. And I'm not saying that we have to be scholars and read everything. No, just look around. Just, yeah, just simply wake up. Just look around. Look. Just wake And I'm not talking about be woke. I'm talking no, about wake up. No, I said wake up. up. There's wake a difference. Up. There's a, there's, there's a big yeah, I would agree with that as well. There's a yep. big difference. Just wake up. You are overdue. You are sleeping way too long. You pass the time. It is time to wake up. Because we are behind the eight ball. We are behind in everything, everywhere. And if we continue to make excuses, how can you make an excuse for being extinct? And uh, one of our good friends, one of the good friends of the, the network here, Dr. Uh, McFarland, Anthony McFarland, did an extensive study on the Black family almost 20 years ago. And he talked about this during the church service. He's Dr. Pastor Anthony McFarland. So during the church service, he talked about this and he told everybody in the congregation about his findings. Now he actually did research. He didn't just look up stuff on the internet. He did the research and he brought his findings to the congregation every Sunday morning. And he led a class and he told the class then 20 years ago that we were on the way to extinction. He said it 20 plus years ago. And I made it a point to tell everybody that I knew, everybody that I even thought would listen. He talked about it and he said, we will be extinct. And not only did he do that, he walked up to families And he said to husbands, you're sitting here with a white woman, who's your wife. You're sitting over here with an Asian woman, that's your wife. You're sitting here with a Mexican woman, that's your wife. What do you think you're doing to the black family, to the black community? You're sitting over here gay. What do you think you're doing to the black family? 
And people wanted to, they wanted to say, yeah, he's telling the truth, but they also wanted to get, so how does that go? They wanted to feel some kind of way about it because he's telling the truth. He told the truth back then. I was talking to another family member at Rob McGrew. I told him 20 years ago, he don't know what he's talking about. He don't know what he's talking about. That's not true. Black folks are, are multiplying. Black folks are multiplying. I wasn't sure at that time what planet he was on because black folks are not multiplying. Black folks are dying on the vine. We are behind in everything. We are on Uranus looking for a way to do something, looking for somebody to tell us what to do next. And it's a sad, sad commentary because we are the ones that will be extinct. We've diluted our families. We're diluted. And listen, don't get me wrong. Marry whoever you want to marry and procreate whoever you want to procreate. Do it. But we're extinct. We're extinct. Yep. I can count the number of black girls who are married to black men. I can't count them because they practically it's, don't uh, exist. They don't exist. It's definitely a huge disparity. You know, I, I've been watching the uh, the show on Netflix called Race with uh, Bubba Wallace and him taking his his stand with NASCAR, right? And he has a white father and a black mother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's twice as hard um, for him because he grew up with both sides. His parents were married for 30 years. He grew up with, a, you know, with the racism, but he also grew up with a white father, right? And just the mindset that it does you know, to a kid to be a white father, black mother, and the mother takes the husband's last name, mm-hmm. but her son is still black. Mm-hmm. Right? Just think about how this country is. Not mulatto, not mixed. He doesn't get represented in white circles, and now Bubba is, is getting married to, you know, a white woman. Oh, well, wait. Hold on to your horses. One of our good friends, one of our good friends of the network, Jesse Uwuji, who is a NASCAR person. He's teamed up with Emmett Smith and they've got a giant, giant thing going. Wait a minute. Some- you know, Jesse. Yeah. He's been on the network and he'll be back here either. Oh man. We, 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 well, this isn't necessarily part of the show, but Hey, me and Jesse have been talking for quite some, some time about his uh, Xfinity uh, uh, NASCAR team. Yeah. 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 yeah he and That's Emmett. pretty That's cool. Right. I didn't know. I didn't know he had been on the show. Me, see, yeah, he's he's, he's going to be surprised when I talk to him. He's going to, yeah, he's going to be on the show. And as a, as a matter of fact, Matthew Castro, his agent or manager, just sent me a message and said, can you get Jesse on for the end of March? I don't have any slots open the end of March. So I sent it back to him and I told him April 16th. But, but Jesse, his parents are Nigerian, but Jesse's engaged to a white girl. Yep. Okay. Yep. I know. Jesse's I know. engaged to a white girl. And he went through this. He sent out a message and thanked everybody, including his darling lady, the white girl. Okay. You know, like you said, marry who you want, procreate who you want, but just think about what's it doing to the Think about what you're doing. That's right. Think about it. And so I want to leave with this because we're almost to the end. A couple of things, Black people, if we want to take up some arms about something and really support something, how about they have the Confederate flag in the South and it's usually representative for the, the, the oppression of, of black people. How many of you guys know about the Pan-African flag? 
right? The Pan-African flag was created by Marcus Garvey back in the 1920s, right? And it, well, it was adopted in the 1920s, let me get that correct. And of course, it's the red, the black, and the green that, you know, talked about pretty pretty predominantly in the 80s. It's also known as the African-American flag, black liberation flag, a lot of different names that come with it. We don't fly that flag in black communities in the United States. Like they fly the Confederate flag in front of the house. Like why don't we make a movement? Flag. Right. Why don't we make a movement to put that in front of our homes? Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. why don't we make a movement to just to put that flag? Just just a little mm -hmm. simple statement to know that this is a black house. Now you might be putting a target on your back, but this is a black house. You know? Um, I mean, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take a picture of it and post Me it online. Too. I'm gonna do it. So, I'm gonna do it. Put it on my place. That's right. I'm gonna do it. You know? Because so, Mexican flags are flown everywhere. Mexican flags, Armenian flags are flown everywhere. They wear them. They wear Mexican flags. Uh -oh. They fly them at school. There, there's the music in line. I think I got to cut it off. <laughs> all righty, all righty, all righty. Well, you have been listening to the one and only, the chef, Andre Glass, right here on Menu Monday. Yes, sir. That's right. Thank you, Andre. Thank you very much, Andre. Thank you guys so much. There you go. All righty then. So, folks, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.